And welcome back to the F1 Files, folks. This is your co-host, Corey Willis, and with me is... John Lapore. Excited to be here. Is. Yeah, well, what's yeah. up, buddy? How, doing great, how are you doing, doing this great. week? Uh, doing quite well. Um, uh, enjoying some uh, some United Kingdom weather as I am in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, doing my dumb little improv thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, things are going well. I've been able to keep up with the frantic pace of the car releases over the past week, literal week. Um, it feels like so much has happened. Uh, just like a deluge of uh of of new car releases so um but i'm doing well doing well how uh, how about you oh i'm uh, i'm living the dream over here in uh a much less exciting location of uh northern new jersey but uh but yeah also uh yeah borderline overwhelmed by the amount of information that that came out this week with with some yeah. really exciting car releases um, and some I, exciting, uh, like F1 news, which yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, little peek behind the curtain, folks. John and I talk before we start the episodes, but we did not talk about maybe uh, the most important news um, in Formula One when it comes to the U.S. Uh, but we'll get to that in in a, in a little bit uh, in, in in that last little segment. But there's some big news uh, coming down the pipeline for us here in the U.S. So, uh, so, so so you want to just dive into let's, let's blitz through the car reveals and then there's, there's the news that you were just alluding to. And I think there's some other uh, relevant crazy shenanigans that have been going on as well. Uh, So, all right, we've got cars getting unveiled left and right this past week. And and not at all, but people are sneakily catching glimpses of them. Um, mm-hmm. Like yep. this is, oh, this is like my favorite time. This feels like a uh, weird, like Christmas type situation, but like Christmas and Hanukkah combined, where we just keep getting more and more gifts every single uh, night. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's that, a. a- there's that uh, Willem Dafoe meme of him saying, like, I'm something of a scientist myself. And I saw <laughs> yeah. I saw that going around this week saying, you know, during during this week, it's everybody saying, oh, I'm something of a aerodynamicist myself. Oh, and uh, it's it's so I, I love it's it. So, it really is cool. It's so cool to hear and see the reactions uh, to these releases uh, because there are th- these new regulations they're completely different so a lot of teams have been taking uh, some different routes and we're now seeing this full force i mean uh. i am i am a cynic and i think i was going into all of this saying like yeah 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 the you know the deck is going to be reshuffled and the the new regulations are going to be more impactful than anything else we've seen but i will say seeing the cars and seeing how wildly different the cars are from each other is something I wasn't expecting. And I, no. I think is going to really shake up the field. And, and I mean, it might, it might shake up in the field in a horrible way where it's like, oh, you know, we've yeah. got a, we've got a, you know, a, a, an eight second spread uh, across the the field. I, I certainly hope not. I hope it's everybody's super competitive, but I think with the wild variation that I'm seeing, I have to imagine there's going to be some teams that have just nailed it and some yeah. teams 
that are trying some freaky stuff and and just miss the mark completely. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious to see what that's going to mean for the development cycle. You know, is it going to be after the first weekend? Is there going to be somebody so dominant that every single other team on the grid just throws away their car completely and copies them? Is there going to be? Yeah. Uh, you know, different approaches running in parallel to each other. It's it's got the the potential to be very very exciting. Yeah, uh, Corey, yeah. Well, let's 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 r- real briefly. Uh, oh, were you what? What's up, John? Wait, I was yeah, just we'll, gonna I was just gonna say which which one of these which one of these cars uh, caught your well, eye the most. I want to start with the car that did not catch my eye and will not be catching my eye for quite some time, apparently, which is the Alpine, uh, which formerly is the Renault brand. Some big news came through with them. They have had to scrap their initial designs due to crash test failures. Um, I believe it was in the front crash structure. And now they're they kind of had to go back to the drawing board uh, months into the development process, which, oh, not good. Not good news. Yeah, I mean, I was I was looking at something this past week that was really emphasizing how this isn't, the development of these cars hasn't been the, the project that the teams have been taking on over the break. It's something that they are, you know, one and a half to two years into yeah. the development of. And so that, I mean, that's gotta be a major setback and uh, I, I can't I think of a imagine. bigger setback. I, yeah, ca- I, yeah, I can't, that's... I mean, aside from losing, losing their funding outright, which they're, that's a manufacturer. They're not going to lose their funding. Right. Uh, but aside from that, what do you, there's no bigger hiccup that you can face in the development process than being in basically the final stretch and having to go back. And I mean, this is what, yeah, what, what we're talking about here is the pandemic happened and that delayed this regulation change. So the teams had a full extra year to develop these cars. So the fact that one of the major teams, one of the teams that is a, I mean, they, they run that car soup to nuts. It's not like they have to depend on a different engine manufacturer and take it to the aero tunnel. Like it's not anything like that. It, it, they, they really, really screwed this up. I mean, uh, so uh, that, that is going to be difficult. So that's, that's the first thing that really, it's like the, you know, it's the, the negative space of this whole thing where you're like, Oh, look at all these amazing releases. Oh, well, what about like the one company that has kept quiet and it's, there's a very good reason why they kept quiet. Um, but just as far as eye catching, as far as attention getting, I think, I mean, we, we texted as soon as I texted you, as soon as I saw that it was released, uh, it's the Ferrari. I mean, folks, this Ferrari is one of the most beautiful things. Oh God, just sex on wheels. Um, as, Mm -hmm. as, as sexy as these cars are, uh, and this is, you know, we'll talk about this too, as sexy as they are on the road, usually the F1 cars are not sexy. They are not good looking vehicles. I would marry this car if it, if I <laughs> got, if I got, if I got its father's permission, I would marry it. Um, uh, it's so beautiful. It really is oh, uh, just delicious. Yeah. It's 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 wild looking. So this is another uh, me feeling like I've gone into this whole off season completely ignorant. I I usually do not find these cars attractive at all. Mm-hmm. I, I I have I'm tremendously obsessed with automotive design, 
And uh, I've never, in the modern age, I've never found like a particularly redeeming aesthetic quality to these cars. And I don't, I don't fault them for it. I I actually really appreciate that these cars are hyper optimized and designed not for, not, not to look beautiful or cool or interesting, but just to win races and so well this is folks folks we're talking john john here is the uh the proud owner of one of the ugliest uh most uh <laughs> lambasted uh production cars to to ever grace this planet which is the mitsubishi evo um and it's a it's not the 10 um so it doesn't it's, have it's- yeah, no, the 10 is almost an attractive car. I have the Mitsubishi yeah. Evo 9. Actually, I do not have it anymore. I sold it. Uh, oh, just it's a gone. While back. Oh. It's gone. It's oh, gone. So oh, you're no. you're tearing you're tearing me up right now. But uh it, oh. that that is like in a nutshell despite the fact that I am a like de, like my my entire career is focused yeah. on design when it comes to vehicles uh design takes a back seat to the the driving dynamics and the the capabilities of of the vehicle which is why as a uh damn near 42 year old man i would drive around yeah. in this car that makes <laughs> me look like a weed dealing pizza delivery boy and uh truly, it, truly. And, and and i was and i was thrilled thrilled with it because it's such a a wildly fun car to drive but i i digress yeah. so the ferrari yeah, yeah. looks really attractive and there's a few things that are contributing to that i think the most distinct thing above all else is the uh the the vents going into the side pods and the way the way that that looks like um you know so there's there's this yeah i mean it's it's incredibly sculptural it's incredibly flowing um i i really didn't think that i would have the capacity to find these cars attractive and i really do you have yeah. the 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 massive uh intakes going in at the at the front of the side pods which to me are evocative of what has been on every exotic Italian sports car since I was a little boy. And even, you know, uh, I think has made a resurgence in like some of the more recent Ferraris, like the 488s and whatnot. They have this giant gash of a, of of an intake uh, right, right behind the doors. That is, you know, it's a really dramatic part of the vehicle. It's like what every, you know, that to me was what made car design look fast since Lamborghini Countach or or Ferrari 308 or whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those and, and, those louvers, but that that's the thing is with the Aston Martin, it looks like those are like just a very like clean, obvious cooling function. They look but like Home Depot louver, louvers in comparison exactly. to to this. The, it's this yeah. is. I mean, we're, we're looking at a sculpture. I mean, it truly it looks as though uh, a, a sculpture. Um, and I, I did. I got into it, uh, folks. Um, I'm I'm really big into the tech stuff, so I got into it and and I uh, I started uh, getting deep into. Um, paying attention to and listening to an aerodynamicist, a former uh, Mercedes aerodynamicist break down uh, the, the way that this car looks. And it looks as though that they integrated a couple of different parts of the car that weren't, aren't necessarily legal anymore, uh, but they found ways to kind of skirt them 
Um, like there are no more turning vanes allowed on, on these cars there. You're not allowed to have that on the side pods. You're only allowed to have these intakes for the, uh, the underside tunnels, but you're not really allowed to manipulate the air that much around the bodywork. but they've basically created these areas that like stall out air around those louvers that will then cause that air to get sucked back under the diffuser so it will create an even better low pressure system so it's i mean it's almost as though maybe uh, and this is the worry is ferrari could be too clever for their own good um that is that's always the risk with with taking big choices like this with design but Mm -hmm. i mean just the way that they've they've decided to go with a very different style of, uh, of, of just the way that those side pods look and the, the louvers that are, uh, that are integrated into them. Uh, they're creating these like weird stalling points that you shouldn't create like all logic points to like, this is a bad move. <laughs> um, but it does seem as though if the car works the way they intend it to, it will basically, manipulate air all around the car using multiple different like cheat codes uh in order to create vortices and then stall air out where it wasn't allowed to be stalled uh or accelerated around the car so we'll we'll see what that looks like but those those side pods oh god they're uh, just some of the sexiest things um uh, i've seen uh i'm i'm gonna just keep describing this car as uh just the most gorgeous sensuous woman um and it is it's got this i mean it looks like it's got hips i mean the thing looks like it's got hips it's crazy ah. it is Anyways. uh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's spectacular a uh, couple other little details that i'll point out um the mm-hmm. the nose the entire length of the nose has this rounding to it that is yeah. very evocative of the early 90s formula 1 cars which had a a very um you know a very rounded nose on the front of them it also the very tip of the nose right at the tip it has mm-hmm. this little naka duct pee hole that like i think is, tri- is inverted triangular duct like it's yeah yeah which um, so that that naca uh naca duct i think it was something that maybe nasa or lockheed martin developed uh you know in the in the 70s or so as like the most efficient air intake but i just think of it as being like that's what's right behind the door of the lamborghini countach and other yeah. other cars of that of that era and just i love seeing those details i love seeing this connection to Ferrari's road car lineage and and design to me it's really really attractive. My yeah. hot take is that the prettier this car is, uh the slower that it's going to go. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, that is that's usually how it works too is the 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 better looking the car it tends to perform worse, but also at, at the front end there with that, with that weird gradual steeped nose uh, reminiscent of those nineties uh, cars. They basically, uh, I was looking at like a whole bunch of videos and looking at a whole bunch of footage and it looks as though they're almost creating a diffuser section underneath the nose. So like, it's like a little mm-hmm. mini diffuser, which will basically accelerate the air from the nose right into the tunnels so it's this like they're basically supercharging 
um, air while it's being accelerated through these weird vortices. <laughs> and it's, again, it could it could be the coolest thing. It could be something that just completely takes the field by storm. But, uh, I mean, if history <laughs> dictates anything, it's that this car is not going to be that fast. This, no, it's so rare I, that a team I, comes I, up with a magic I hope bullet. it's, I, I hope it's, unbelievably fast but that's my yeah. that's just my i don't know enough about uh aerodynamics and uh you know yeah. cfd and and whatnot so my my position is uh beautiful is slow ugly <laughs> is, is fast and i'm, yeah. I'm just yeah. gonna stick to i'm gonna stick to that all right i mean that's what's coming from the guy who you know drives the the mitsubishi evo so uh yeah yeah. Uh, Corey, Corey, are you ready to move on? Um, yeah, as um, much as I don't want to, I could just sit here and talk about this thing for the next two hours, but we we have so many other things to get to this week. So, so yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll steer us to what I think is the the oogliest car mm. and therefore uh the fastest and no surprise, the fastest what what I what I'm making my claim for the fastest car out of the bunch is going to be the Mercedes. And I'm basing yeah. that solely on the fact that it looks like a, uh, a silver bag of dodgeballs uh, yeah. clustered just together. Just misshapen and lumpy and just not, not the, the elaborate. Like you, couldn't, you couldn't pick it up if you want, if you there are no handholds on this thing to pick it up. It's that kind of, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a section of the floor that looks like every plastic spatula that I've left too close to the stove and yep. uh, and is yep. just wrinkling up and, and whatnot. And so I think it's uh, aesthetically uh, nothing, nothing nice to, to look at. And I even feel bad no. for the sponsors, you know, their, their uh, hero sponsor, uh, Patronus, their name <laughs> is like, a, a tattoo that's on somebody who's undergone like a uh, radical like, change in weight and yeah, it's distorted like across. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, it really is. I mean, it will be, uh, depending on the camera angles, it will be almost uh, unreadable um, when, when this car is moving on track, which is hilarious because like John said, yeah is the they're the title sponsor they're like the most important sponsor which is why they get the most real estate it's just the real estate they got is like lumpy and ugly and maybe that's not great for uh it's it's what it would look like if when i was 19 i got thug life tattooed across my my lower abdomen (laughs) that's that's what it would look like today it would look the way that that patronus logo is just distorted and tearing across uh but it's like if you got thug life tatted across your 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 belly and then you're just like bent over trying to pick something up that you can't quite reach so it's just all like everything (laughs) is off to one side yeah it's it's not not, doesn't look good um which it's yeah they they should do they should have photographs of this car on like the cover one of the tabloids and the car is like at the beach and they're just like oh oh that mercedes w13 look at they done clearly yeah. deeply depressed right now oh boy but here's the thing is is it's it is categorically ugly right for sure um but also it shares that 
attached element with the Ferrari, the Ferrari and the Mercedes, mm-hmm. the only two cars that have that attached front wing element. So the, the leading wing element of these cars uh, with every other vehicle that has been released, they've kind of slotted out a little area to push air underneath uh, the nose, but above the wing so that it like kind of cleanly sends a jet straight back there. But both Ferrari and Mercedes have decided that that's not the right move. And being the both, both ends of the spectrum, I can't help but think that this is something that the team's probably are all going to make their own decisions on after testing. I think this will work for some cars. Uh, It may work for the Mercedes, uh, but it may not. And they'll have gone through testing, especially with this extra full year of time in CFD and, uh, and the wind tunnel, they'll have tested out these different nose cone uh, assemblies and Mm -hmm. uh, variations. So if this doesn't work, then they'll switch it up and the car will still be very ugly, uh, but will almost certainly be uh, maybe even a little bit faster. And we're talking like tens and thousands of a second faster. We're not talking a full second here, folks. Like it's quicker than, than you register that you had a fleeting thought is how, how much time we're talking about here. Um, And it's also, it's so these changes are so expensive to make, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, but we're but they're for negligible amounts of time that negligible, according to us in our real lives. But uh, on the circuit and especially in qualifying, that could make all the difference. Um, and if it doesn't change the dynamics of the airflow around the car, it might also be track specific, right? Like some tracks you need to move air quicker. Sometimes the air is thinner. Sometimes it's a lot heavier. Uh, and that can determine what nose cone they go with, um, uh, especially since there's not as much aerodynamic Uh, variations that they're going to be making in that rear wing. I think a lot of the aerodynamic changes that we'll see circuit to circuit, uh, and I may be completely full of shit and be proved wrong, (laughs) Um, but I think that that is where we're going to see some of the variations, uh, at least in the probably the first third of the season uh, until these teams get, get them sorted. Um, But yeah, just the most gorgeous car. Um, because it's so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, I, I have no doubt that all the science is there and that this is a meticulously engineered, uh, piece of equipment. And my, my, my guess is that it's going to come out on top and it'll be immediately evident at, at testing. And furthermore, yeah. uh, after yeah. our, our first, you know, one, once we get through qualifying in, in Bahrain, uh, one, one last thing on the Mercedes, they've shifted back to the, uh, dominantly silver, livery yeah. uh the yeah. silver arrows uh livery which is sort of a, a historic thing for the mercedes brand uh yeah cory how, how do you feel about it in comparison to the the black livery from last season well i mean i i truly love the black livery uh because i think it made the car look better um, but it also, uh, the, the history behind that was, uh, it's a, it's part of the, uh, Lewis Hamilton, the Hamilton commission's diversity inclusion, mm-hmm. uh, initiative, which was to call attention to the fact that there weren't any black folks, uh, uh, or other people of color in F1. And that was a big reason why that 
livery was changed. And now, especially this year, they've doubled their expectation of inclusivity uh, with with the new season. So I love this livery. I've always I love the silver arrows. I love that. I really appreciated the black livery as a black man. Um, and then also as someone who is uh, who loves design as well. <laughs> um, it just looks gorgeous, especially with, you know, especially with all those little Merc badges all over. It just looked so, so cool. Um, so, so I that's, I like the new, I like the new silver. Yeah. 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 I I'm, I'm okay with the silver. I think aesthetically I preferred the black. I think the, you know, the mm-hmm. Hamilton driven initiative was, was really cool. Um, and, and not to discount that at all, but it just, to me, the black just looked amazing. It, it looked, looked so it good. Did. And the, yeah. the three point star pattern tiled across the back portion of the car to me was a really beautiful motif. Uh, and, and something that like, basically like the way it was presented, the way it was executed, it's like Mercedes is the only brand that could make something like that look cool you know it's you're not gonna you're not gonna get there with uh by making a wallpaper out of out of red bull iconography or or anything like that exactly there's nothing else that yeah yeah um and i I, and i absolutely will miss that livery because of the aesthetics uh it, it just it it looked very good um but that doesn't mean that they won't change it back, especially during uh, special race mm-hmm. weekends. That's that's the that's the the discretion of the team. They can change the livery whenever they want um, uh, without really facing any penalties from the FIA. Which that sounds ridiculous, right? Of course, um, uh, this I think this is maybe a, a moment to take a peek at how unreasonable the FIA is um, and why they are uh, so ridiculous and so um, poo-pooed when they like beat their chest about what they're supposed to be able to do and what they're, Mm -hmm. and by they, I mean the drivers and teams, it's nonsense. It's absolute bullshit. uh, The stuff that they do. Uh, So uh, I think it's great to, uh, to know that the FIA um, is just a governing body. Uh, they impose fines on people all the time. You may, you may, if you are recently following meme accounts, you'll see that uh, George Russell touching the Mercedes mm-hmm. rear wing. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were posting that's fifty thousand uh, pounds because Max Verstappen was fined fifty thousand pounds for lightly running his finger yeah. along the slot gap on that uh, wing for, last for, year for respectfully caressing his yeah. competitor's car in, yeah. in admiration, you know, yeah, that's it's, what, uh, of course that's all that that was. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, that, that's the, the Mercedes. And, but here's the other thing is that as someone who's here in the UK right now, uh, we've, we're now getting hit with the third, uh, successive winter storm and they had shakedowns in these storms, in these weather conditions, uh, which is so funny that they had to run these F1 cars in storms that are literally canceling other means of transportation in and around the British Isles. Uh, so that was very funny to, to see that have to happen. Um, yeah, you you, yeah. you haven't gotten blown away in a windstorm this past week uh, no. out there. I, I saw some amazing footage of 
garbage cans flying through the air. I saw uh, the the planes landing at Heathrow, like completely oh. sideways, with the with the yeah. Tokyo Drift soundtrack playing in the background. Uh, oh yeah, let's. Uh, I know that this is nothing to do with F one, but I was on a plane that landed uh, in Edinburgh from uh, from London Heathrow, and. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen this happen or been a part of it, but we were about 10 feet off the ground and the pilot decided, nope, we can't land. So we went back up in the air um, uh, and with good reason, because I like to look out the window when we're landing like every other person and I could see the runway, which you're not supposed to be able to see the runway. If you're a passenger, you're only supposed to be able to see it if you're a pilot. So uh, we did not crash, thank God. Um, but then we went back up and circled for about 45 minutes in some of the worst turbulence, uh, I've ever experienced. Uh, my stomach is still healing, uh, um, uh, uh, three, four days later. Um, so yeah, that, uh, I could say, I can't imagine trying to put an F1 car um, out there and maybe getting data off of it or seeing how it performs when there are winds that could quite literally knock over a human being and force a giant jumbo jet to abandon a landing. Um, yeah. Yeah. A bit nuts. My, a bit nuts here. My God. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad you made it. I hope uh, uh, you were, you know, your nausea relieved you enough that you're able to enjoy you getting into any scotch while you're out there. What's, uh, oh, of course, of course. Um, uh, that's, that's the beautiful thing. I've actually, I got uh, a little bit of scotch. Scotch was my, my, the thing that we did the last time we were here, which was back in 2020, uh, before the world went sideways, um, uh, just barely dodged that bullet back then. And, uh, we, uh, we did a whiskey tasting last time. Um, I had some amazing Glenfiddich out here, uh, but we're maybe doing a gin tasting this time because there's a lot Ooh. of gin out here. So interesting. Um, I didn't realize that was, uh, that was a thing. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. All so, right. yeah, we're going to get some herbaceous, uh, juniper berry smelling gin. <laughs> um, I might, I, we may even do the tour where we're allowed to make our own. And while we distill it, they like take us through the rest of the tour. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, maybe I'll post so, some stuff on social media. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so let's segue into the most herbaceous of mm. the cars that were revealed this past week. <laughs> You know exactly which one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, Herbaceous. This, um, yeah, this could yeah, be none yeah. other than the Alpha Tari. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Corey, Corey, is the Alpha Tari another generic mannequin, or is this? Do you, Do you think this is something that's a, a little more dialed in to? I think to what this the real is car will be. <laughs> This is more dialed in. I think that this is what uh, what we're going to be looking at with um, with the Alphatari on track, um, with the release of the car, with the with the the release and the shakedown. Um, much like the Mercedes, they happen very in like in very quick succession. So it was difficult to have a car roll out <laughs> that does not actually function on track. Uh, so I think right. that we're going to get pretty much what we see. There were some blanked out panels uh, on the, on the floor um, towards the back there on the Alphatari. If you look at the video, but you get to see what 
not just the AlphaTauri is going to look like, but because it is so heavily inspired by the uh, their their primary team. Uh, they are the junior team to Red Bull. So there's a lot of Adrian Newey influence in that design. Uh, now, Adrian Newey cannot uh, help them with any of their work, uh, but that doesn't mean that they haven't hired people who are inspired by that man's work and who haven't been under his direct tutelage at one point or another in his career. So I think what we're seeing with that AlphaTauri, also they run the same engine. So it's the same engine and cooling package. I think we kind of got to see what the Red Bull is going to look like, um, mm. uh, which which I is an unintended consequence of having a junior team. Um, I mean, I and- just assume that someone on the AlphaTauri team gets to like sneak up behind Adrian <laughs> Newey and jab like a USB thumb drive into the port that's at the back of his neck. Right. And, Which he uh, absolutely has. That man is a robot. Um, yeah. 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 And, and, um, and pull, yeah. pull a couple, uh, pull a couple references out of there and, and throw them right into uh, right into their process. Yeah, um, but the suspension setup on the AlphaTauri is much closer to what I think we're going to see on the Red Bull um, with the push and the pull rod. Um, they're staying consistent with it. So I think that we're probably going to see that almost exact same assembly. Um I have noticed a couple of things and I didn't, I can't remember if they did this on the Alpha Tower or not, but with some of the suspension uh, and uh, the Ferrari actually did this too, is they're using part of the suspension elements and the tie rod setup. So the actual control rod from the tire uh, to um, uh, into the suspension, into the actual vehicle. Um, uh, it looks as though they are using that as like an extra wing. Um, They're using several of those elements to kind of conduct air around. If you look at them, they've kind of maxed out like a top-down view um, on the Ferrari, Mercedes, and the AlphaTauri that all have kind of these like much flatter, uh, much, sorry, much wider surfaces. uh, And then also kind of a curvature on them or kind of maxed out with the curvature. So I think that what we will see on the Red Bull uh, is also going to kind of borrow some of that arrow and some of the, the, the air manipulation from the suspension elements and from placement of the actual suspension elements, um, which I think is why they stayed consistent because they can just move it forward or back uh, on the actual chassis and change that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... I think the Alpha Tauri, I mean, especially if Pierre stays consistent like he was last year, they're going to be a midfield contender. They may even break top five, um, uh, depend, especially now that Alpine is not looking great. Um, I think that they're probably, they're, they're at least going to be challenging for podiums. Um, uh, and if Yuki has kept his training up and has uh, taken as much uh, guidance from uh, Albon as it looks like he did at the end of last season. Uh, I think that Alpha Tower is going to be a real threat, um, uh, at least for like the McLaren, uh, like McLaren's going to have to watch its ass. Ferrari's going to have to watch its ass. Uh, if, if, if those two drivers are, are, are putting in good times. 
Yeah, and I I like Yuki. I'm I'm really excited to see him develop as a driver, and I feel like I see flashes of some of that, you know, an intensity that could result in a in a really exciting career in the long yeah. run. So I'm excited to see how he does this year in the AlphaTauri. Yeah, um, yeah. AlphaTauri livery is uh, it's very consistent it's basically uh gotten super you know rigid with its navy blue and white and almost nothing else on the car aside from a little a little flash of orange from flexbox everybody's favorite chinese shipping container conglomerate yeah uh yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't know where the hell half of these I've, i'm always curious about like where do these sponsors even come from because like there's times where you see yeah like, you know very distinct and recognizable names and then there's just these super niche companies where i just imagine that the like oligarch family that runs the company are just diehard f1 fans and are just like oh it would be fun to you know we were going to you know uh have a a a a state with you know a a a squadron of horses that we would be pouring (laughs) money into or whatnot but why not just you know burn all that money in formula one and get a chance to like hang out on the periphery of uh of of one of these teams and and be close to it yeah i've 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 no idea how you get this crazy name like flex box prominently featured on the on the car but uh yeah good well it's like good good um it's like husky chocolate on the McLaren. It just really doesn't. Right, right, right. It's like, what are you? Why? Why is husky your pro? Like, why is like because all those kids that love yeah. Fernando Alonso are you know frothing at the mouth for his favorite brand of chocolate. Ugh, husky. Is it- um so weird um yeah so i think uh yeah i think the alpha tower delivery yes is very boring it's very similar but that's also i think consistent with red bull right um Mm -hmm. red bull did not change their livery much and i think alpha tower is they take all of their cues uh from their senior team so i think that's probably more of like not like a, a mandate, but more of like just a cultural thing at Red Bull now is like, we're going to stay consistent. We're just going to be the same going forward, which I mean, I guess if you're and um, I'll compare them to Mercedes and Ferrari. If you're a brand like Mercedes and Ferrari, then yes, consistency is absolutely clutch. When you're uh, an energy drinks company, I think you should be a little less precious with how you need to market your uh, image. Um, and this is, I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions at, at Red Bull for being a drinks company. Uh, Cause they're an amazing considering where they were and what they've done and how, uh, how little respect they got early on in this sport and how dominant they were uh, during the Vettel years. Um, yeah. I just think that maybe they should look at themselves as like, yeah, we're a drinks company. Um, yeah, uh, we should be able to not be so precious with our <laughs> very ugly logo. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. So so let's round out the reveals. Uh, I think there's only one left that we haven't discussed 
which is, which is the the Williams the Williams the FCW yeah. 44, which uh, we saw a reveal and we also saw some glimpses of it running on on track in the rain, no less. Kind of kind of yeah. fun seeing them rip around in the rain. Um, yeah, with with the rain, do you get any of this sort of like live CFD? sort of visualization looking at it with the spray flying off of the cars and, and whatnot. It must. I mean, they must, especially because they are changing up these, uh, the way that they're um, producing and managing vortices with these new cars. Um, it has I, I, to. Yeah. I did see some imagery showing, I believe it was the Williams and showing that the, basically the rooster tail of rain coming off the back of the car was going a lot higher in the air, straight up higher, which is, you know, in comparison to previous year's cars, which will benefit uh, not the Williams, but whoever's driving behind the Williams in that they won't have turbulent, the same turbulence that you were feeling, uh, you know, a few days ago, uh, <laughs> yeah. will rather than being fired at you intentionally as a following car, uh, you might be able to get underneath it, and and hopefully that means more competitive racing as cars can get closer up behind one another. Well, exactly. But here's the here's also the thing is managing rain and managing water uh, removal from the track is very important. However, last year, if you look at the race in Spa, if you look at the races that had rain, part of the problem is the tires and the the arrow throw the rain basically back up into the atmosphere, (laughs) Um, which just creates this fine mist that never really allows um, the full track to dry. So like the racing line will be dry. Absolutely. But especially with these cars following much closer, if we're trying to increase the rate of overtaking in these rain situations, we're going to create situations where these cars are going to be going very, very fast. And then they're going to go offline and it's going to be so tricky to overtake um, uh, on, on the straights a little less. But if we have any gentle turns, I think we're going to see some, really, really wild saves in the rain with these cars um, because so much of the arrow is based on ground effect, right? Versus this uh, this pressure that's being created above the cars. I think we're going to see some really, really interesting saves uh, and some wiggles and snaps that are just not happening right now because of the current aero design of these cars. So I think that's going to be really, really interesting too. Um, I'm excited to see that. As, as we're talking about uh, the rain, I just, I always love all the like stupid, silly facts, random bits of like trivia style facts about Formula mm-hmm. one that you would like tell to a elementary school class of kids or, or whatnot. But like the, yeah. the, the rain tires on an F1 car will displace and throw through the air 15 gallons of water every second. Yeah. And so imagine 
that a Formula One car is driving down the track and all four of its tires, each one of them, every second are producing a full water cooler jug, the giant Deer Park water cooler jug. There's three of those coming off of each tire every every second. Every every second. And these tires are... It's not like the tire is like one revolution per second. It's like they're, they're throwing this water up at a rate that is so aggressively fast and hard <laughs> um, uh, and consistent, especially if there's rain falling um, currently while these cars are running. It's wild how much they uh, how much they displace. There's like a bathtub figure too um, that I, I've heard uh, uh, David <laughs> Croft um, reference and it's something like it's like 90 bathtubs per minute um, that like worth of water uh, mm-hmm. that they displace or some, something just completely wild like that. Um, just something you can't wrap your brain around. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, absolutely wild. I I love um, it. But oh, the um, uh, the the cool thing that I noticed about the the Williams um, is it has almost like uh, um, the the way that they have these little winglets, these horizontal winglets on the outside of the uh, the outside of the front wing. Uh, so you've got the wing elements with the 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 horizontal elements. So it's the the stack that you normally see, but then on the side, they have these things called end plates on the wings and uh, Williams. And I trying to think of the other folks who did this. It might've been Alfa Romeo. Um, Cause there were some spy photos of the, those cars on track uh, released, but uh, they have these interesting, what they're called uh, are canards on the side. And they're, slightly different shapes uh and they're slightly different thicknesses and the williams has these and it's basically creating a situation where these vortices that they tried to get rid of last year it may be able to create those so the outwash of air from the car won't necessarily like they so the rules in formula one this year were just like we described we wanted the the floor itself uh, to displace water, displace air, and move it up above the cars. And what they also wanted to do was prevent a huge amount of outwash and aerodynamic um, outwash. So just dirty air being pushed out from either side of the car. And it looks like maybe Williams has figured out a way to generate some of that dirty air that skirts around the rules. Uh, so I think that that's interesting. I think that we may end up seeing that uh, on some of the other cars uh, as as the season goes on in order to kind of mess with their competition, right? Mess with the people who they're running in the pack with, um, uh, upsetting their aerodynamic uh, aspirations. So gamesmanship, baby. Bring it on. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, but those side pods, those they're the biggest inlets uh other than the ferrari williams has the biggest inlets and just on the roll hoop in the middle uh of of the car right behind the driver's helmet you can see uh it has this like split intake uh which is fascinating because that is kind of indicative of mercedes cooling problems they need to have all of that air pushed past the engine in order to prevent 
those engines from overheating and seizing and causing all sorts of issues. So I think it was really interesting to see Williams just openly going like, yeah, we got to cool this engine. <laughs> We're not going to be slick about it. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, maybe that is also gamesmanship. Maybe they are or going to shrink those inlets when we actually get to the race uh, or block off or blank out those inlets behind uh, the, the driver's head. But I thought that was really cool to see them just like kind of being like, yep, we got issues <laughs> um, uh, and we're dealing with them. Uh, that was, that was really interesting. Um, what, what, what else did you see on the Williams that you liked or didn't like John? I, I think they have one of the most notably like cylindrical noses Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly when you look at the the sponsor graphics, just wrapping around <laughs> the contours yeah. Yeah. of that nose, I, I love that. I think it. I think it look it, again. That's that just that notion of the car having that like cylindrical cylinder coming to a point like a fighter jet uh, sort of appearance. Again, so evocative of those yeah. early '90s cars, and to me, you know, the most beautiful era of of F1 as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, yeah I, I think we're we're it, it, the car looks terrific to me, uh, particularly from from an aesthetic perspective. And I can't wait to see it out out in the mix yeah. and, uh, you know, dicing it up with with everybody else on track. Um, um, also, it looked just just real quick to touch on the, the, the last little bit. It looks as though they're similarly like Ferrari creating these vortices that are going to be sucked back underneath the rear of mm-hmm. the car before the rear tires, which will then suck the rear of that car down, uh, which will allow the power from the rear, uh, you know, the rear axle to be a little bit more consistent. So uh, I thought that that was really innovative, especially considering how smooth and kind of blase maybe um, um, the the Williams looks like it doesn't have the aggressive look as these other cars. Like you said, it's very cylindrical, very rounded, um, but they do have some tricks that they're, they're using um, that they're kind of hiding too. Cause there's some blanked out parts of that floor, even during that, uh, during that, that rain testing. Um which is interesting that they continue to blank out that rear section of the floor, which is like, I guess that's not either that's not necessary um, or when they actually have the floor looking the way it's supposed to, is that going to make the car that much faster, that much quicker, that much more agile? Um, I think so, but well, you know, it's, it's yet to be determined. Um, so yeah, and then we have the Alfa Romeo, um, which, uh, like I said, wasn't no no real reveal, uh, but there were a bunch of spy photos that were taken of that car, which I thought were pretty impressive because um, it picked up some cool stuff on that too. Uh, um, did you did you catch any of those those pics, John? No. What's uh, what what's going on there? Um, so they have an extremely curvy front wing, um, the Alfa Romeo. Um, it's just bulbous and funky looking. Uh, not, not at all what any of the other cars are doing. Um, the other cars seem to have like kept the elements kind of stacked, uh, relatively clean. Uh, this is just like curvy and bulbous at the front. Um, and that was, again, that's something that other cars aren't doing 
So uh, they can change their front wing out, like we had said, with the Ferrari and the Mercedes if they want to. But it's just weird and bulbous, um, uh, like most other teams have not done. They've decided to not be uh, they've been much more conservative with the way that their wings look. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and then the, uh, the vortex, uh, <laughs> the vortexes that they're going to be creating because of that is one of the reasons these cars are not as like curvy is because those vortices can't be controlled anymore. <laughs> so the fact that like they have all these curves, it's like, well, what are you guys doing? You're going to, isn't all, all the aerodynamics are supposed to be really like sucking the car to the ground versus pressing the car down from the top. Uh, but it looks as though they have uh, a dropped uh, floor, uh, not a drop floor, but like a, a false floor that's created by those side pods. So they have like this little area that they're going to sneak and you can't really see it that well because of like this camouflage livery that they did yeah. uh, deliberately. Um, but there are some picks that are zoomed in where you can see that there's this weird, like bulbous area near mm-hmm. where the underneath the side pods, uh, it just doesn't look like anything like it should. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Look, so, I'm looking at that right now. Very unusual and even almost harder to discern from the literal like magic <laughs> eye camouflage yeah. that they've put on the car. Um, but, um, but also, yeah, the, those vents on the top of the side pod. Yeah, they've got the louvers, well. too, um, yeah. which are the cooling louvers. And we'll see how they work. Uh, and then they have uh, the barge boards. Um, like if you look at every other car, the barge boards are kind of these uh, large vertical slats that sit just uh, outside of the the, the tunneling. Um, it kind of helps channel the 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 air around those side pods. Every other car has like very rigid right angle barge boards and the again the alfa romeo has like these weird curvy barge boards which is like by all logic they should not work with the way these cars are now designed but we'll see um we will see uh but yeah that's that's what i could discern from like the spy footage or spy photos uh, of the alfa romeo because we don't have any static images. So you can't even see like renders of what they're supposed to look like. Um, yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting. And I'm, I'm excited to see that livery. I mean, the Alfa Romeo could have a gorgeous livery. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like, I feel like the Alfa Romeo just as a brand they're uh, they're sort of similar to, to Maserati in a sense mm-hmm. where like they are, they are Italian and fiery and they, they almost don't have that much else going for them. So you like, you know, you, you, you defer to that brand. If you just want the wild card, if you want something that seems, you know, a, a little, a little less predictable than, uh, you know, a Mercedes or an Aston Martin or, or whatnot. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's their, you know, I mean, and, and as, as, you know, automotive geeks would say, you know, with, uh, street cars, you know, they're supposed to be the most, the most passionate of 
the, right. the brands. And uh, I'd like to think that there's somewhere in the mix, there's like, you know, there's, there's somebody deep within engineering who's like, all right, we're all going to so microdose LSD, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, see, see, see what, what sort of weird of, solutions yeah. we come up with. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, ex- um, yeah excited to see where it goes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Let's um, uh, let's let's talk about um, the 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 non-U.S. news. Um, we'll we'll get to the most important thing, which, hey, this I can't help but feel a little bit bad for Max Verstappen after this happened. Um, uh, Michael Massey, he's out. I was race director. He's done. Um, he fucked up. Uh, he, he made a big old, uh, big old goof in Abu Dhabi and in a couple other races, but there's no confidence left in that man as the, uh, sole race director. Now that I don't think that it was clearly stated that he will have no responsibilities within race direction. Um, but his functional job as race director has come to an end. So yeah. How do, how do you feel about that, John? How are, what are, what are your thoughts? Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm a Masi, uh, sympathizer, uh, to yeah. some extent, yeah, uh, but yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm perfectly fine with him, uh, getting, getting canned. I think it's, you know, it's absolutely evident that, you know, he made a circus of, the climax of the most exciting formula one season of our lifetimes. And that's not, that's not good for the sport. I think I I personally still think his intentions were that he was trying to make the most spectacular gladiator battle that the Coliseum has ever seen. Um, But I think it's, I think it's appropriate for the sport to, to move on from him and to figure out, you know, how they can, eliminate any of the, you know, wiggle room for interpretation that got us to where we were, uh, particularly in, in Abu Dhabi. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where, where it goes from here. I don't, you know, I I think, uh, so one of the other things that came out along with Masi getting canned is that they are going to, no longer allow direct communication between the teams and the race director, which I think is fine as a rule to have, but I'll be perfectly honest. I actually found that to be wildly entertaining. Oh my God. We could hear a live feed of the team principals in their most desperate states begging yeah. and pleading, you know, with this, this sort of like, you know, on the fly court that's unfolding while the, while the race is happening. And I mean, quite frankly, if there's any degree to which the sort of like, there have to be evaluations or rulings or whatnot that are right. taking place. I don't want them happening in a black box. I want the fans to know what's happening what, as that, yeah. as yeah. that is going down i want the fans to know what it is like live i want them to hear you know the whimpering and whining from from these distinguished uh most powerful leaders in sport you know turning into little weasels uh i, yeah. I think the i think that's well, it's it to me it's part of the entertainment so, of it because if the like if if you can't hear that then like just make sure everything just happens on the track 
don't let there be any rulings during the race or after yeah. the race or whatnot. Just let it be the racers are going to race and we're going to find out what happens. But if yeah. there has to be any of these proceedings around the race and where it goes, I want to be a fly on the wall for that as well. That's true. But well, so they're, they're eliminating the ability for the team principals to communicate directly with race control and race control is now going to be split between uh, multiple different people. So there will literally be, I think they, it's either two or three different people who will be kind of handling the responsibilities of Masi. At least that was what was discussed or proposed. Maybe that's not what's happening, uh, but that's what's been discussed and proposed. So that's, those people will still be there and they will still be able to be contacted by the managing directors of these teams. So, um, so like a James Allison and Jonathan Wheatley at Red Bull and Mercedes, those, those two people need to be in contact with race control. Um, they need clarification, but I, I do. So I think we'll still get some clips of, uh, of some of these moments of desperation, but they will be much more, uh, reserved. They will be much more, I mean, these people are literally, this is their job is to be diplomatic and try to, uh, influence the outcome of a decision, but without like, I, I want to hear, I, I want to hear mid mid statement. I want to hear the reserved and calculated request. All of a sudden, the the microphone is ripped out of the hand by total wolf and he just starts screaming into it you know and uh that's yes that's that's just my that's just my wishes that's true i i think i need to what 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 needs to happen i think is um and i i'm sure that that uh, specifically total wolf and christian horner and maybe even lance stroll or sorry lawrence stroll would be uh, uh amenable to this but Having their press conference, uh, when they have press conferences, maybe having them jawing at each other a little bit more frequently in those, maybe that would be like a middle ground to strike Um, or to hear like debriefs, maybe to have like moments where the team principals can then speak to the race director or the racing directors um, after the race to get clarification or to like plead cases. Um, But I think, yeah, I think that, I, I do agree that there shouldn't be anything behind closed doors. That is something that is as a, as a committed race fan, I want to know what's going on. I don't want any nebulous, weird decision-making. I hate that Stewart's decisions can influence the outcome of a race an hour I, or two after the race. It is so I, upsetting. I, I, did, I didn't realize before the season, I didn't realize that that was even a thing where the teams where, you know, Toto Wolf would be getting on the line with Masi to like beg and plead and try and, yeah. you know, weasel these certain things into, into being. And so that, that already like that, that was a little like shocking and was like a little like, Oh, this doesn't seem like, right. Wait, they, they should, this they should not. Yeah. This shouldn't be going on. Like this seems very obviously, but I mean, presuming that that's happening all season long and on a regular basis, and that there's, you know, they're they're showing yeah. up at the at the people's court, you know, every opportunity that they have, and just trying to get any, you know, any win that they can, you know, I, I would hope that the race director or that that team are ready for it and can can take on whatever comes with that. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like, uh, especially in the first couple of races. We'll see um, because I'm sure there will be conflict and we'll see how it's resolved. We'll see what kind of peek into that uh, process we'll get. Um, Yeah. Um, But also, we didn't talk about it during the release of the Mercedes, but Lewis has made his uh, triumphant return to uh, on camera. Um, he's he's communicating via social media uh, as someone as to big fans of Lewis Hamilton. Uh, was there ever a doubt in your mind that he was going to come back? I was I was 80 percent sure that he would really come back there was there was there was a 20 percent doubt that he would you know especially after seeing something like nico rosberg when he won the championship on a fluke and uh and 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 then was just like (laughs) cool out at the top that's uh i'm gonna you know I'm going to, I'm going to just bounce right out of here from, uh, from this. I thought, all right, there's a, yeah. there's a chance that, uh, cause I, I mean, I, I, I felt it. I felt the, the pain yeah. and the frustration from, from that situation. And, you know, uh, the sense that like, you know, if he was going to implode, he wouldn't implode, you know, uh, in any sort of grand public manner or whatnot, but that right. he would, right. he would just sort of say like, I'm, gonna you know um, turn yeah. my my attention to philanthropy and you know move on from from yeah. this but but uh yeah uh, uh stoked that he's back in the mix uh i forget what the phrasing of his exact statement was it was something like if you if you thought i was hungry at the end of last season just wait until this yeah. year yeah like you ain't seen nothing yet kind of thing and i i that is when when this happened, I did have like for like a few days, just absolute. It was devastating, and as someone who was like, this has this sport has no impact on my uh, actual day to day life. Um, it was embarrassing to feel uh, as sad and as depressed as I did uh, after the conclusion of the of this past season. Um, but I think within like a week or two it dawned on me that he wasn't going to retire. If he was going to retire, it would be for a year a la Shumi um, where like Schumacher felt mm-hmm. disillusioned with the sport and came back and dominated it. Absolutely unconditionally uh, <laughs> incontrovertibly dominated formula one um, uh, after, after he was like spurned by it. Um, and he did Hamilton did what Schumacher did during that time. He went and spent time with his family. He uh, centered himself and has come back so much hungrier um, so, with so much poise too. That like, that's the thing too, is he's not coming back in this braggadocious way. He's coming back in this very, like, I have a job to do. I am here yeah, to I, do I, my I, job. I, I think many, many people could get it twisted given Hamilton's like hyper celebrity status and his, you know, connection to the world of edgy fashion and, you know, yeah. all this other stuff. But he is uh, certainly showing this great, like he is showing like late career wisdom. Um, yeah. 
and and is becoming like a sage of the sport, uh, which I, I think is spectacular and and good for him. Um, and I think I said this in our first episode, but I'm also at the same time hoping that this season gets him super riled up and a little extra yeah. rowdy and gets yeah. him like, like, I want to see him fighting to hold together his British knighthood, uh, you know, because he's in the throes yeah. of, of intense competition. Uh, and yeah. I, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll see it, or at least, you know, the, the formula is set for, for that to be what will be on display. So, yeah, there were some there were some memes that uh, I saw, like um, like you see uh, him in 2007 um, and like how like heartbroken he was in 2007. And then literally the next year, 2008. There it is. Um, right. Uh, and then in 2013, uh, when he had that, like those just this series of calamitous uh, mechanical failures um, that saw him lose the championship to Nico that next year he came back and wow. Um, so I can only imagine, can only imagine that this year with even more at stake. What, what, what's it say on the back of his helmet? Oh, it's still, still, we rise. Still, yeah, still, I rise. Still, I rise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm including this, uh, including myself. Still, we rise. We rise. Uh, Right. Yeah, Uh, um, yeah, it's still, I rise. I've got, I've Uh, gone down, I've gone down the rabbit hole of like the Lewis Hamilton um, hair loss strategy, and he he, (laughs) he rose, man. He he, he, still, he he absolutely, he still, (laughs) that dude, that was one of the best turnarounds. I have seen yeah. in in modern sport uh, from uh, second he, only to Sebastian Vettel uh, these past two years, just coming back <laughs> with the most beautiful flock of seagulls with, with, anyone's yeah, ever going, seen. Yep, going yeah, going yeah. full full Bieber, uh, yeah, bed yeah. head. Uh, yeah. uh, it's great seeing seeing him at uh, at that Aston Martin uh, <laughs> reveal. Just being like, yeah, nobody bothered to cut. Like you didn't get a haircut or like brush it. Um, cool, uh, I guess. Um, so yeah, that that's that's something that I think is going to be great to have Lewis back in form. And like, I think the sport is better with him in it. Truly, I do. Yeah. Um, All right. So so let's let's turn the corner and talk about hot piece of news you and i have not discussed this at all yet um but uh i think one of the things that we we try to touch on um on this podcast is how formula one is resonating in the united states of america being potentially the biggest untapped market for the sport and you know being both being american fans and having the challenges of, you know, trying to explain to our, our friends and family that like, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's a little different from NASCAR, you know? And, yeah. And what, yeah. All, all due respect um, to NASCAR. F1 is not NASCAR. Um, all, and NASCAR is not all, F1. So all yeah. things that may impact the future of the sport in the United States are really fascinating to, to us. And, and there's some yeah. big news around that this week. Yeah, we got uh, the legend himself. When people talk about race car drivers, one of the first names, especially in the U.S., to come up. um, Yeah, of course, we've got like NASCAR, Dale Earnhardt, whatever. But it's Mario Andretti. 
Mario Andretti is the name that is synonymous. I mean, when, when, when Bobby De Niro is in, you know, meet the parents, uh, you know, he turns to the, to the kid and he's like, Hey, watch it there. Andretti, you know, like yeah. it's, it's Q-tip on of our Midnight DNA. Marauders is Andretti on Ludicrously the Momo. speedy, you know? like Andretti on the Momo. Yeah. Like just, it is a, it's hard baked into our culture here in the U S that Mario Andretti and the Andretti name are synonymous with excellence within motorsports. Uh, so the fact that Mario Andretti has openly declared that he wants to form a formula one team based out of the U S with U S manufacturing, like just going for it, um, is really, that's revelatory. I mean, we're one of the things that I think we, as, as formula one fans, um, in, uh, in the U S, uh, but also like socially conscious formula one fans is like, yeah, maybe like jingoism and patriotism isn't the best thing. Um, uh, especially because we've traveled to other countries to, to experience this sport and interacted with international fans in international venues on their stage, on their territory. Uh, and we're, I've never seen you be anything less than like very, um, uh, cordial and not like you're not waving an American flag around and neither am I. Uh, but I think that that might be it. It might be the idea of having an American name, an American racing legend who is hard baked into our cultural lexicon, uh, for generations. If that man can start up a formula one team, I mean, Netflix, what are you going to do? I mean, you're, you're gonna have to do a whole series on Mario Andretti and the story of Andretti racing uh, and what he has done and what he has done generationally with even his own family, right? Like it's incredible. Um, yeah. How do you, how, how, what are your thoughts on that, John? Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? This wild so announcement. I'm- I'm I'm super I'm super excited about this um and it's you know we we hear um you know Mario touting it but it's really coming down to uh his his son uh Michael um leading up this this team uh, I believe the team is Andretti Global and which I I'm love a, that it's Andretti Global but it's like it's yeah. Andretti in the US yeah <laughs> yep um, I think it's, I think it's super exciting. I mean, we technically have a U.S. team, Haas, um, and technically, I mean, it's had, a te- technically, technically it's, yeah. yeah, but, uh, and, and, well, I guess, a, I guess that's yeah. also what comes down to is like, what makes it, what, what are the things that are going to define it as an American team? And one of those big things is going to be an American driver. And I know there's right now a really complicated pathway to an American driver. The last I would American say driver we had was Scott speed in the speed and that oof, early two yeah. thousands. And that didn't go that well, but uh, my, my understanding <laughs> That's the is the understatement that, of the century that didn't go that well, folks, but Google Scott speed and his story. It is, Oh boy. Uh, maybe we'll like talk about that down hey, the he, way. Cause that's, he, Hey, he got there. That's an achievement. He did. In of, he did. He in did. and of itself. Um, the, yeah. my understanding is that there's not 
any American drivers that would currently be eligible for an FIA super license. No. Um, and that, no. you know, that's one of these crazy complicated factors. So like, you know, there's, and there's, thank you. In the- FIA, FIA is yeah. a part of this. We're, we're coming back to it of a governing body that is limiting the growth of the sport. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's a big hurdle there. Um, getting the super license and uh, I, to, I know to there, race a formula one car. There was maybe five or seven years ago talk about like, hey, is there a way to hustle like Danica Patrick through the the pipeline to you know get her the super license, which or what would have been even more um, tragic than having than the Scott Speed story because she would have been <laughs> run out and it would have like made it harder for women test drivers and reserve drivers to make a name for themselves because it'd be like, oh, we're just we're just ticking a box, right? So I'm kind of glad that that didn't work out for Danica. If I'm honest, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I want to, I want to see any, anything go right for the, the U S in, in F1 that, that can, but uh, along those lines, I know there's already a little bit of awkwardness because I believe the FIA came out the day after Andretti's announcement and said something to the effect of like, uh, just so everyone's clear, like we're, we're, there's no empty seats at this table right now. Exactly. There is, yeah. there is, there, we're, we're not currently entertaining. We're full up. Yeah. Yeah. For, for new teams to come into the mix. And I, I, my assumption is that like, that just means that the, the wheels haven't been properly greased enough or, or something. That is, or at, that is maybe the safest assumption you could make is that there's no way it's, it, it, that's what it is. Uh, it's that's um, Andretti has not gone hat in hand um, and tucked in t- into the fold of that hat are uh, rolled up uh, uh, freshly minted thousand uh, dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bear, um, bearer bonds, yeah. bearer bonds. That's what they yeah. were stealing in Die Hard, right? Bearer yeah, bonds. That's, um, uh, I don't bearer even... bonds. Yeah, I yeah, don't think I yeah. even really fully understand what that <laughs> what that is or how that operates. But that's yeah, that's how you get into that's how you get your yeah. team into into Formula One. So uh, I think yeah. that's super exciting. Hope to see it uh, connect. As a as a side note, um, I hope that if they if they are able to get in, I hope that the driver for the Andretti Racing team is none other than. Adam Andretti, who yeah, I, that would be. I, I, per, I personally met uh, oh, wow. in 2014. He's, I mean, l- let me be clear. He's like seventh tier he's a, Andretti in terms yeah. of your Andrettis. He is, he is way down the ranks. <laughs> uh, obviously, an accomplished racer to the likes of which no one that I personally know will ever achieve. Right, um, right. I I, uh, I met him at a uh, I, I the wonderful fortune of uh, a friend of mine passed me uh, passes to go to this sort of uh, uh, the brand new Corvette Stingray. Uh, the C7 Corvette had just come out. I think it was 2014 or so. Ugliest and they were, car they were doing, on the road uh, today. I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely, okay. lovely, fine, yeah. fine, big. It's all right. Sorry, a, I don't mean has, to talk shit. This is my opinion, not John's. Uh, I, yeah. 
yeah, it's it's just fine. It's a it's a lovely uh, lovely <laughs> lovely piece of equipment. Uh, went to Monticello Motor Club where they were having an oh, event yeah. where the car had just been unveiled and they were letting you take it for hot laps around the track. And they had Ooh. Adam Andretti there as like a as like a coach, but basically just to like be like you know a guy that would stand there and when r- random other dipshit guys like me would like come up to him and be like, hey, when I was you know going around turn seven there i really felt the you know the back end felt really planted and whatnot and he'd be like yeah man you had that absolutely on the edge that was you know that was that was terrific stuff brother good job and uh so he's uh he's the hype man of the andretti clan yeah he he would just pat everyone on the back and uh that's great I, i was i i I was just talking to him for a second and I was just like, Hey, you know, this, uh, this doesn't seem too bad. You know, uh, this is, you know, this is what you're doing. Like you're not even busy. You're like standing around. You're kind of like, you know, there's some like overprivileged, you know, jerk that comes up to you every, every so once in a while and you feed him a gentle compliment and it makes their day. Like this is, this has got to be a great gig for you. Pretty good gig for you. And he, and he looked me in the eye and he just goes, he, this dude, he was chill. He was on a wavelength of chillness that you only get from being, you know, a part of the under the umbrella of the Andretti yeah. legacy. The uh, the Andretti legacy is like creating a a hole in the dirty air that is so gentle that it is like, you know you are just flowing <laughs> easy to follow with yeah. no resistance whatsoever. Yeah. And yeah. this dude, he was, and, and bless him. Uh, you know, there's, uh, I, 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 again, I'm a very cynical guy. I could talk a lot of smack about anybody who's overprivileged, but this guy, yeah. uh, he, he, he seemed to be incredibly in sync with his whole situation. He just looked at me dead on, he locked eyes with me and he just goes LTD man. And I was like, Oh, and I kind of like nodded my head. And I was like, well, what do you, what do you mean LTD? What's what's LTD? And he just goes, living the dream, man. Living oh my dream. God. Oh and I was just like, ah, oh, bless you, yeah. Adam Andretti. Yeah. I'm glad that you're I'm glad that you're exactly who you are. Uh okay. bless, bless yeah. you. I uh and I he, hope he gets so- behind the wheel. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he will not. He, I, I, I don't I don't expect him to. He he does have a a, a very successful and accomplished uh, racing career for himself. Uh, again, you know, rising to, yeah. to levels and feats that, you know, no one that I will ever come in contact with. But I was just blown away. By like the chillest, like, like I, I was, I was shocked that he was not rocking like Birkenstocks with his Nomex suit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah, he's, he, pulls out a, pulls out a giant uh, joint is like, <sighs> living the dream baby <laughs> it's like, what do you yeah do? no that was that Does was it like work I, for you I, the, the only like that he had the level of chill of like you know the the dude that you meet when you you know take a private fishing charter off the the coast of saint john or or something like that and there's somebody who's yeah. just like yeah you know i'm ex-military but now i just you know i just <laughs> taking taking sun Taking sunburn and salt water. What a dream. I mean, yeah. LTD. LTD, baby. LTD, baby. I love the the gentle, like, lean in of, like, LTD, baby. You know. Uh, Like, you know what that is supposed to mean immediately. Um, 
but also he knew that you were going to ask. So he's like, this is going to be great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, I, I hope that we can get an American driver in there. And I know that it will be a challenge to get an American driver in there, but there's a chance. Um, and I think that if we get an American driver in there, there's a good chance that our sport will catch fire even more. Uh, there is a lot of buildup here, but if we get an actual American team, I think that we could probably secure and hold on to at least three races in the continental U.S. for another decade. I know, I know that uh, uh, Circuit of the Americas down there in Texas just signed up for a further five years. Um, uh, I know that Miami has a long-term contract, and I know that uh, Vegas, if it does get one, they'll try and get a long-term deal too. If we can get an American team in here, uh, I think we're going to have at least three races um, without having to travel outside of our own country. Um which is not the best thing, but it's great for uh, furthering uh, the fandom that we have uh, uh, that's kind of uh, starting to percolate in the U.S. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think we'll, we'll see some I, – I think even without an American driver, even without an American team, I think we'll con- continue to see that development happen. But, yeah, here's, here's to hoping that Team Andretti or, or Andretti Global – uh, shows up in the sport. Uh, I, I think uh, also worth noting that it was it was mentioned. You know, uh, not only that you know this is obviously a, a well vetted and and planned operation, but that it was it's already something like two years deep into you yeah know, developing financing and and all and and even uh, so I I believe it was alluded to that they have a whole bunch of you know. Um, partnerships and suppliers lined up that are, yeah. you know, expecting this to lock in and, and get going. So uh, I, I take the public announcement with the immediate public rebuttal of the FIA as sort of almost like a, a little bit of like a Bernie era negotiating tactic that they're, yep. they're flouting this to say like, listen to how excited everyone's going to get once we, you know, once we put this out there into the world and let's get, you know, let's get it happening. And, Come on, let's and, go. And here's the thing too, is like, as Americans, we love the story of a hero overcoming adversity. And the fact that the commercial rights holders are an American company and we've got an American team making its way in. It's that like, if Liberty Capital, if they uh, are, are amenable to bringing in uh, Andretti Global, it'll look like a huge victory. And that only benefits the sport. So it's not that it's like, it It only makes sense for this to happen. Um, uh, I mean, of course, we're supremely biased, but I think it only makes sense that this resolves in the way we hope it does, which is we end up with an F1 team that's we end up with two F1 teams uh, based out of the U.S., Uh, one with like a NASCAR origin story and one with like a homegrown American uh, uh, racing driver who excelled on the European and world stage. So I think 
that's just that that's such a fairy tale story. Um, and then to maybe have them competing down the way uh, for for actual championships or uh, that that's something that's too good um, uh, as a culture for us to pass up, I think. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, a lot to lot to look forward to. We've got some uh, some testing coming up in Barcelona next week, uh, so that's going to be fascinating. Uh, hopefully, as I said, I'm here in the UK. Just as we're ending here, uh, there's sleet hitting the windows. Um, so there's sleet and snow here. Uh, and I know that Barcelona's not at the same uh, latitude, but uh, it's not that warm there either. So we'll we'll see what it looks like. Uh, it's not unheard of to have uh, rain and sleet and snow at winter testing. Uh, hopefully that's not what we'll catch this year. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, I, I still think they should do one of these sprint races just like on ice, throw studded tires on all the cars, do a sprint yeah. race on ice and just have it be like madcap insanity. Uh, I have I have like that's like one of nine other sprint race theories that I have. Yeah. That I'll, 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 hey, I'll save the rest some, of them for another time. But uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe uh, maybe in one of the uh, the off weeks, we'll uh, we'll go through our like dream season and include some sprint races in there too um all right yeah well uh i think that just about does it for us uh this this week um uh yeah anything anything else you want to add there john no this is great just excited to see uh the cars rolling out looking forward to testing i think that'll give us just a little bit of a a hint or a taste of where everything's going and then uh there will be much more to process going in closer to bahrain oh yeah and uh, people are complaining about it not being open testing sessions us as the viewers we will get the same amount of footage. We will get the same amount of coverage. It's just people will not be allowed to go physically to the track to watch the testing happening. Uh, so unless you live in Barcelona, um, you weren't going to go to testing anyway. So uh, uh, there's nothing really to be that upset about. Um, we will still get all the analysis. We'll get all the breakdown. Uh, we'll have spy photography. We'll have uh, spy um, uh, videography of these cars. We'll probably get some leak. Uh, info along the way, um, especially with uh, with all the data that's going to be be transferring around the world uh, uh, about Formula One over the next uh, week or so. Um, so we'll probably have some pretty good idea of what these cars are looking like at the first stage of actual race development. Um, so yeah, but uh, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can people find you online, John, if you would like to be found? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Johnny Motion is my handle. Uh, talking about Formula One, talking about design, talking about generally nerdy stuff over there. Corey, where can yeah, the folks yeah. find you? Uh, I am Burn Corey Burn on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I uh, I definitely talk a whole lot, um, probably more than people want me to on my Twitter. Um, uh, I do a whole bunch of comedy, folks. That's why I'm over in Edinburgh right now. So uh, the least engaged tweets are the ones uh, where I'm nerding out on Formula One. Um, but uh, you can also find us uh, at uh, the F15. 
files on Twitter. You can uh, uh, reach out to us, tweet at us, follow us. Um, we'll be sharing some information and uh, maybe engaging uh, with uh, with Scarbs himself uh, over the next couple of weeks. So uh, follow us and uh, reach out if you got questions, comments, theories, um, uh, conspiracies, uh, or you just got questions uh, about what the hell is formula one um that's that would be such a weird thing to like tweet at someone um because you could just google it right uh, <laughs> all right folks <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next week on the f1 files <laughs>